Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> Scaring the finches out of their nests. <laughs> uh, today is Monday, June 3rd. Welcome to June. Welcome to summer. It is pretty much summer. Mmm, this coffee is good. I am. Um, I'm having actual coffee today. I've switched up again. <clears throat> so now I'm having coffee, and I'm having it with um, 2% organic grass-fed milk and to try to keep it on the non-inflammation, no-inflammation, yes, keto side. I think it, um, it's really tasty. It's kind of nice to go back to that. Apparently, if you don't have lactose issues, which I don't think I do, then organic grass-fed milk is good for you. And as long as you don't get too much fat, so the 2% is supposed to be good. So it just feels like coming back around full circle. Isn't that always the way? Here goes Jackson. Where are you going? I'm over on the east side of the house and the new cushion chairs. I see you. He can get pretty much all the way to the end of the path on his leash, and then he gets there, and then he looks at me. No, he's going to sit. Maybe he'll be happy gazing out, we can see. So, let's see. I had a good weekend. I had a pretty low-key weekend. I didn't do tons of stuff. I, I did some gardening stuff. Well, he's not going to be content. All right, let's go. Get his leash. Uh, yeah, I did a bunch of gardening. It was kind of stormy. Um, stormy came in Saturday afternoon. Saturday midday, really. Um, I did a lot of reading. I finished reading The Faded Sky uh, by Mary Robinette Cole. Um, sequel to The Calculating Stars. And enjoyed it, although... I didn't like it as much as the calculating stars. And I always felt like she needed more conflict in the book. I was reading in her acknowledgement that she um, had originally intended the whole thing to be one book and had had to go to her editor and agent and say it looked like it was going to be two. And I think that in some ways... I don't know. The, the second book was a whole lot of denouement and I have been that soldier so I kind of know how that goes but you know it was all about getting to Mars which was really cool but there wasn't the same um our heroine doing super cool things oops we got a car coming Jackson come here come this way come over here come here come here <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> he just keeps running back and forth, trying to brace up and down the road. Okay, there we go. It's such a long lunge leash, I can't gather it up quickly. <laughs> Neighbor lady smiled and waved, but it was a little bit of a tolerant smile, like, do you really have to wrestle your cat in the road while you're, I'm trying to get to work? <laughs> All right, are we going to go back? Yeah, we're going to go out. 
Okay, sorry about that. But you know, you'd miss it if there wasn't all the cat wrangling, right? Well, so anyway, in the calculating stars, well, in both books, the heroine is a math genius. Yeah, very good at, you know, like equations are like paintings in her head. And I love a lot of those descriptions. And in the calculating stars, there's this great scene where she like saves the people because she does the math so fast and is able to make this snap decision that everybody else is still sort of working through the, if we do this, if we do that. And she's like, no, we have to do this now or there won't be time. And it's a great moment. And I really missed that in the second book. I wanted there to be another... Lady Astronaut Saves Mars moment, but alas, there was a lot of good stuff, but um, the conflict that was there was a lot of social conflict, which I would expect for, you know, like your three-year mission to Mars, so that was good, but um, I guess I wanted more space conflict. There there was some, but um, not that... Not that our genius lady astronaut could solve necessarily, and that was what I wanted. But it was still a very good book, and so I finished reading that. No, 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 don't go up into that. And have started reading a couple other books. I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm reading both a digital book and a paper book. So that way, depending on the light or what I'm doing. Oh, hang on, Jackson. There's another car coming. This is not a good time of day to be out here. Come on up to the side. Come over to the side. Okay. Oh, he turned into the driveway anyway. That looks like a worker or somebody. Come on, let's go back this way. I got a lot of finances done, got the books balanced and the bills paid and all of the royalties figured out and all of the anthology contributors paid. I know that doesn't sound like much, but it was. (laughs) On Sunday morning, David made us keto biscuits and gravy. That was really yummy. So otherwise, you know, I think it was a pretty... Low key weekend. We started watching Good Omens on Netflix. Got part way through the third episode. I don't think David's loving it. You know, he doesn't always love the um, witty repartee like that. So I might finish watching it on my own. Last night we rented The Upside with Kevin Hart and um, Brian Cranston. And it looked funny and it was. A two ninety nine rental, and I was trying to make up for making David sit through two and a half episodes of Good Obens, when he, which he clearly wasn't enjoying. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was it was it looked funny, but I was a little dubious. And then it started out, and I thought, "Oh, this isn't going to be good. This is going to be the same exploration of the same tired. You know, it's it's not a tired thing, but it's a tired story uh, because Brian Cranston plays this." billionaire who's a quadriplegic and Kevin Hart is the ex-con who comes to be his um, kind of his caregiver his uh oh (laughs) 
solve that. <laughs> Dog coming. Jackson just bolted back for the house. I just let go of his leash. <laughs> Dog walkers and cat walkers. It's a great neighborhood. So, yeah, he, I forget what they call it, but they called it something like a, a life alliance. It's <coughs> basically a home health care worker helping him out. Um, so having Kevin Hart be the ex-con, at first I thought was going to be trite, but it ended up being interesting. And then it was good because it didn't have that same arc as like the You Before Me story. And it ended up being very interesting that way. You know, the one thing about this stories about the people who are, you know, like quadriplegic or, you know, have some other issue like that where they are, you know, essentially bedridden and have to have the person come help them, <laughs> you know, is that they're always about the, you know, the people who have a whole bunch of money and can afford the very finest of everything, you know, it's a lot easier to deal with that kind of life when you're incredibly wealthy than if you're not. <clears throat> but I imagine the story of the poor guy on disability <laughs> would not be all that interesting. <sighs> so... No, yeah, that was a rewarding movie to watch. Um, I am deep, deep into Fiery Citadel. I, I'm starting to have fun with it again. I'm enjoying being with the characters. Um, but it's just it's a it's a heavy duty revision. I think that's um, and it's part that's partly my fault because, you know, I like turned in probably sixty percent of that book without looking at it a second time. <laughs> Um, and it is being the middle book needs to be tight. <coughs> um, all books need to be tight, but the middle book in particular has different challenges that require um, everything just really has to be like clockwork or you, it doesn't make sense with the first book and you can't get the third book to happen. <coughs> Excuse me. I um, But last week, I was just looking, I added over 5,000 words and 18 pages. So that's not a, and I revised 100 pages. I still, so now I'm, I started at like 290, I'm up to 308. I'm at like 110 now. So I've got 200 pages to go. But I think I'll be able to finish it this week. I think the rest of it will go faster. We shall see. <laughs> you all can like... Uh, start a betting pool out there. And so, will Jeffy finish it this week? I have time, according to the calendar. Um, editor Jenny didn't ask for it back until June 24th. Um, but I have other things I need to do, as always. So I kind of would like to get it off my desk. But I also want this to be right. So I'm trying not to, not to feel pressure and stress.
that was one of the interesting things about the burnout panel was the whole idea that, and I, I know I've mentioned this, but I'm going to bring it back again, that because I, I do think it's really important that Laura Ann Gilman said that she found from, um, well, actually, I'm going to revise that because that's not what I want to go for. It. Uh, it wasn't what Laura Ann Gilman found, but kind of the um, consensus of the group. When everybody was talking about things that they could do uh, to refill the well and to alleviate burnout, and that was to take away the monetization. It was to do things which are not connected to making money. And that kind of comes, you know, down to the whole thing is that, um, you know, like when you're writing for a living, the monetization becomes kind of relentless, you know, especially if you're, like, trying to pay your bills and so forth. Um, June is a nice month because I should get, <laughs> I should, should get several big checks from traditional publishing. And so far this year, I've not gotten much money from traditional publishing. And I'm ex really expecting some things to come in this month. I feel like the, uh, you know, the person hovering at the wharf, hoping that my ship will arrive with the money to, so that I can pay off my creditors. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's that same kind of feeling. Um, but with uh, the biannual, biannual, semi-annual, semi-annual, semi-annual payments process of most traditional publishers, uh, you know, most of them, I, you know, I get paid in June and November. <laughs> Or December, it depends, but a lot of them do November since they all take December off. <laughs> so anyway, I'm expecting some of that money to come in and that'll help, but I always think that the ideal of the writer's life where we imagine, you know, the that if we don't have the day job, that somehow, as a writer, that we will spend our days in this dreamy contemplation of our works, and that we will, you know, take all, you know, years to craft the perfect novel and all of that, you know, and I know this is heavily influenced by movies and what, what have you, it's sort of the fairy tale image of it, you know, and it's very different than the, um, you know, feeling like you need to keep up with various kinds of pressures, uh, you know, keeping up with the bills on the mortgage and so forth. But of course, I'm not living in my dilapidated country house that I inherited from my great aunt. <laughs> um, nor am I a, what, the, a pet of the royalty. And I'm sure all of those things came with their own stresses and it wasn't, you know, like you had to go out and feed the chickens, right? Unless you had your Unless you were a guy writer and you had your wife go do it or and so forth. And then there was always, the, you know, like the roof leaking and what have you. So if you were a court pet, you had to be out there dancing attendance all the time, right? So you weren't really getting to fondle your books nonstop, no matter what. So anyway, I'm trying not to worry about how much time this revision takes and just enjoy it. I've been wanting to enjoy it and... Um, going back and layering some things in and that's been really really nice it was good to take the weekend off and i'm ready to dive in so we'll see how that goes 
Well, that sounds like a good wind-up, and I don't think I have anything else to say at the moment. So I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.